Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It was at that point where I realized this isn't normal. I really shouldn't feel like this. Why am I feeling this? We're on vacation. I shouldn't feel every morning like I got hit by a bus or hit by a train and everything hurts. And um, it made me not even want to walk around and do things. I knew something was wrong. I knew I had to make a change. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio. And this is episode number 257. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Hey, veggie lover, welcome to another episode in the fasting series. Now, this series is intended to provide education about the potential health and longevity benefits of different forms of fasting, including time-restricted eating, intermittent fasting, and extended water-only fasting. Please be aware that in this series, we will be discussing different forms of fasting and food restriction. And in some cases, there will be references to body size and weight. This material and these methods are not appropriate for children, pregnant people, or people with certain medical conditions. Please do not attempt these practices without medical supervision, as it could be very dangerous. These concepts may also be triggering for people with disordered eating or eating disorders, so please practice discretion before listening to these episodes. Thank you, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Well, hello, veggie lover, and welcome to my first episode in the fasting series. In this episode, I'm going to introduce the series, tell you about all the different guests and topics that we're going to cover over the next 10 episodes, and then I'm going to tell you my experience with time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting. So obviously, I'm going to be talking about fasting and restriction, so if this is not appropriate for you, if this may be triggering for you, if you have a history of disordered eating or an eating disorder, this is probably not going to be an appropriate episode or series for you. So please be mindful about that and be cautious if you choose to listen to these episodes. In addition, fasting is not recommended for children, pregnant women, and people with certain medical conditions. So also make sure that this is something that if you choose to explore time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting, that you work with a healthcare professional, discuss it with a healthcare professional first. 
I want to tell you a little bit about my journey with fasting. And I want to be authentic and honest with you because this time around was not my first time to kind of experiment and play around with fasting. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe about seven or eight years ago where I first experimented with fasting. But at that time, I did it solely to control body weight because at the time it was something that I had learned about and, um, you know, I was still in that mode of trying to do whatever I could to lose weight. And so, um, I tried it and it, I, I, you know, as always and how I take everything, it was quite extreme and it worked really well, but I definitely got myself into a slippery slope in my disordered eating. And so I had to stop it and go back to different methods. And that's eventually how I ended up in intuitive eating again and rediscovering intuitive eating and working with my body in that way. So then for many years, it was something that I knew that probably wasn't healthy for me or appropriate for me to dabble with, especially since at that time, you know, I knew about some of the health benefits, but that's not really what interested me the most. It was more body size control, which as you know, is something that I've struggled with off and on in my whole history since I was in the single digits. So fast forward about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. So over the past year to about 15, 18 months, there's been a lot of changes in my life. And one of those has been with my pediatric practice. So I knew that I got to a point where my practice was getting busy enough that I probably needed to make some changes. I was getting overwhelmed by the amount of work I had at the office and less and less time I had to do some of these other things I love, like podcasting. And then things just started to feel tedious and boring. I have been a solopreneur for a long time. So it was just me and my staff member at the office and just being on call all the time. And, you know, I just knew that a change had to be made. And what I tell people is that when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of change. That's usually when you get brave enough to make a change because I, for a long time, didn't really think that it was gonna be possible to recruit and hire another provider. And then I knew that if I did do that, I was gonna to have to move to a bigger place, make a move. I loved my space. My, for those of you that had been to my previous space where I first started my practice, it was just so beautiful and magical. And so there were so many emotions. And so I started this journey of huge uncertainty. And uncertainty is my least favorite emotion, okay? I'm, I'm a go-getter. I love to be able to just say, I'm going to do something and do it and it work out. And most of the time I believe in myself and I'm able to accomplish my goals, but I just had so much fear, so much trepidation and it it's just been pretty stressful for me mentally to make those changes, even though I knew it was the right way to go and everything in the universe was pushing me along this path. 
but there was a lot of fear. So the reason I give that background is because I did slide back into emotional overeating kind of in a big way. And it was prompted not by weight control or trying to change my body size, but just by stress. And having this learned behavior that when I'm anxious or when I face uncertainty, my best fuzzy warm blanket is food. And, you know, I'm still vegan. It's not like I eat bacon. That's not even something I desire. So don't think those things, but you know, I start overeating. So just eating more food than I need, more food than is comfortable in my body. And then of course, getting into the sweets. So more chocolate at night, more treats, even, you know, making whole food treats, but regardless, if you're overeating, you're overeating. And I started sensing some changes in my body at that point, I don't think I really connected it to the overeating, but also at the same time, I'm going through perimenopause and my hormones are changing and my body is just changing. And I started to get some symptoms that were very concerning and just outright irritating to me, unacceptable to me, just because I have a really busy lifestyle, demanding lifestyle both in my career and my family life. And so some of these symptoms they were just really irritating, annoying. I couldn't figure out what was happening. So let me tell you what I was experiencing. So just extreme fatigue, which could be explained even just by the stress itself, just being overwhelmed by all these changes, all of these decisions. I did start recruiting for a provider. I found a new provider, figuring out all the logistics because, you know, I'm the boss and CEO here. So I have to think of everything like, okay, I need to find a lawyer to drop a contract and working through the contract negotiations. And okay, now we're going to have to bring her over. And now we're going to have to find a new space and finding a space. And there's just so many decisions constantly all the time. So even just that could probably explain the fatigue. But I'm talking about extreme fatigue to the point where I would sleep all night and then in the morning, I would feel like I didn't sleep a wink. I would get home from work, feel like I got hit by a train. And I like at seven o'clock, I was just in the couch, couldn't move, just extreme fatigue and just feeling like my body was so heavy all the time. Like I just felt really heavy. It was hard to wake up in the morning. It was hard to have the motivation to do things just because I felt so much fatigue. But then I started experiencing joint pain. So in my hands, in my wrists, my back, I started getting low back pain, upper back pain and stiffness. I would get up in the morning. Not only did I feel like I didn't get any rest, but I everything was stiff and tight. And just, it's hard to explain if you've never experienced stiffness, like as a doctor, I've always asked about these things because, you know, we know that that's a sign of arthritis and autoimmune arthritis and things like that and ask about stiffness. But until you've actually felt true stiffness, it's really hard to know what it really feels like. But it feels like somebody put wire inside you. Like you, it's very hard to move. Everything feels tight and stiff. And then emphasitis too. So I have had plantar fasciitis since I was about 22 years old. It's 
first flared up at the age of 22. Then it kind of went away for a while. Then when I started running, it got really bad. And then I had to stop doing long distance running because of it. And then since then, I've always had a little bit, but then it just got worse. And then I started getting it on my knees. So I started getting enthesitis on my knees, like um, where my tendon inserts there, my um, patellar tendon. And I just felt like I was falling apart and it all came to a head in our trip to the UK last summer. And, you know, as usually happens, we go on vacation, we're eating more processed foods, we're exploring, we're walking like 25,000 steps a day because when we go on vacation, my husband wants to explore everything, which is fine. I want to too. So we go on hikes, we walk all around the city and this is not new or unusual for me, you know, like I used to doing a lot of walking, but I would feel every day when I woke up the next morning from a regular day on vacation, so, so much pain, so much heaviness. And it was at that point where I realized this isn't normal. I really shouldn't feel like this. Why am I feeling this? We're on vacation. I shouldn't feel every morning like I got hit by a bus or hit by a train and everything hurts. And um, it made me not even want to walk around and do things. I knew something was wrong. So I knew I had to make a change. And every time I think about making a change, I think about the food. So I'm like, okay, well, I definitely need to recommit to sticking to whole foods, getting out all the processed stuff, all, you know, all of those things that could be causing inflammation. So I did that. It didn't really get that much better. So I was like, okay, maybe I need to try, try a raw diet. So first I tried Brooke Goldner's, the smoothie, um, her hyper nourishing protocol for, I only lasted a week cause it was really hard for me. Um, but no, I didn't feel any difference. Of course it was only a week. Maybe that wasn't enough. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll try a raw diet. And this was in the summer. The only times I've ever tried doing raws in the summer because I'm cold nature and it doesn't usually last. I lasted about two weeks on that one. In some ways I kind of felt worse and I can't explain why that is, but I felt like I had more joint pains and inflammation for some reason. So I gave up on that. And then of course, during this time as I'm seeking and seeking and trying to find what might work for me, I started again to hear more about fasting and the benefits of fasting. And it was like scary for me because I'm like, okay, I'm not sure if I could try this or if I should try this or what's gonna happen. But eventually I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to start slow. I'm going to try not to get quite as extreme and see what happens. So I literally just started with making my dinner smaller and then working up from there. And like I said, I had gotten into the habit of eating big quantities again because it was helping me feel better with my stress and anxiety. And that's my fuzzy blanket. So first I had to pull off, pull back just on quantities. And I knew that if I was going to do time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting, I wanted to start pulling it back in the evening time, not so much in the morning time. So first I just focused on, okay, let's make my evening meal smaller and try not to overeat so much in the evening. So I did that for about a week. And then eventually I got to the point where I cut out dinner. After one week of cutting out dinner, it was like a miracle. I can't even explain to you because I had been so tired for so long that I did not realize that I was that tired. And 
my energy came back, it was like this surge, this resurgence of energy. And even just that was like, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. And I almost want to cry because I just remember being like, I can't believe just one week of pulling back on that one meal could make such a big difference. So I stayed there for a while and then I just, um, I started to just decrease my eating window. I still had the joint pains. It was just the fatigue that got better after a week, but I was still experiencing the joint pains. And so then I slowly over the next few weeks started pulling back and making a smaller eating window by eating a little bit later in the morning and stopping um, after lunch. And eventually I got to the point where I was just eating one meal a day because that felt really comfortable to me and it felt really easy to me. I'm not doing that now, by the way, but I feel like I needed that for a while. And it took about three or four weeks and my joint pains went away. And here's the most miraculous part of the entire story. About 60 days into doing the time-restricted eating, my plantar fasciitis completely went away. Now, what is remarkable about this is that I was, I actually had started running again during that time. So not only was I pounding on my feet more, but it wasn't even just that it got better. It completely disappeared. Like I would get up in the morning and feel nothing. And for those of you that with plantar fasciitis, especially with me, chronic plantar fasciitis, every time you get up, your feet feel stiff and you get that pain in your heel. I mean, that was just normal for me. Like I was like, I'm just going to feel this for the rest of my life, you know? But the first morning I woke up and I stood up and I'm like, oh my gosh, nothing hurts. Nothing in my body hurts. I knew that this was just a really special thing that was happening. So that is when I really started to delve a little bit deeper into some of the health benefits, just because I experienced it for myself, like this healing, the inflammation in my body and how it could work for me. So I did OMAD or one meal a day for quite a while. And I'll talk about why I'm not doing OMAD now. Um, it worked for me at the time. I think it currently in my lifestyle, it's going to be a little bit harder to maintain forever. And there's definitely pros and cons. And I would not, ex I would not recommend it for most people. And I think that most people wouldn't need it. A lot of people probably wouldn't even need to cut out a meal at all. I think that it just really depends where you are, what you're currently eating, how much inf inflammation you're feeling and what might work for you. But I would say that because I had this experience, I just became more and more curious about the effects of time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting on health, well-being, and longevity. And that's why I decided to create the fasting series, mostly just to get the information out there and for me to learn too. So for me to learn from multiple experts and guests about um, their experience with time-restricted eating or fasting and how it can help us. And I want to emphasize again that this journey was not undertaken for weight loss. And I think that that's really important and something that I keep going back to again and again is that when we're focused on the size of our body, it changes our behavior and our habits and we're not necessarily paying attention to how some 
changes in our habits and behavior can actually improve our well-being, can improve how we feel, can lead to more longevity and help us focus more on what our true purpose is rather than focusing on the size of our bodies. So I just want to remind you again that that is why I feel like this has been so powerful is because I went on this journey because I was completely tuned into my body and what I was feeling. How are my joints feeling? How is my fatigue? You know, how am I feeling when I get up in the morning? How am I sleeping? Because of course, during perimenopause, you go through these cycles where you don't sleep as well, you sleep lighter and all of that improved. So let me tell you what I'm doing currently. And then I'm gonna go over the pros and cons that I see with fasting and some of the different, I'm not gonna go through all the different fasting protocols because we'll be going through all of that with the different guests and experts. But I'll just tell you from my experience what I see as pros and cons. Okay, so currently I'm practicing time-restricted eating about four days per week. And my preferred method is to skip dinner. The reason that this works for me is because I tend to delve into more emotional overeating. It's harder for me to eat an amount where I just feel satisfied at dinner. And because of that, I tend to not sleep as well. I will, I'll overeat. I will not sleep well. And so I find that skipping dinner allows me to sleep better. I go to bed feeling lighter. You know, I might be just slightly hungry. I'm not usually, I'm not usually ravenous. Find that actually the truth is that my appetite's not that big. Like my hunger is not that big at dinner. It's my appetite that's big at dinner. Hey humans, I know you want to eat healthier, but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients, as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide the recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello spring and time is limited, especially if you want fresh home cooked healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to Green Chef 
com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a bi-women and four-women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutri-Greens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutri-Greens, and we loved it. The Daily Nutri-Greens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend, along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients, such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The daily greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The daily Nutri-Greens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! When I tried the apple banana daily Nutri-Greens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutri-Greens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutri-Greens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, are you kind of curious about microgreens and including microgreens in your diet, but you're not sure where to start and you're not sure how to do it? I love my Hamama microgreen grower. It's so easy. It's so convenient. So this is how it works. Basically, they send you the kit and it has this little seed quilt, okay? And then you soak the seed quilt in the water. And in a few days, you see your tiny little baby sprouts growing. And a few days after that, you can start eating them. And it's so fun. And you can tell them that you're eating them. And they're really happy that you're eating them. And your body's really happy that you're eating them. But here's the best part, because I've told y'all before, I'm lazy. So I don't want to have to use any mental energy that I don't need to. And they send you seed quilts every month. So you don't run out. You can change what seed quilts you want to try. So here's some examples of some of the seed quilts they have. Hearty broccoli, refreshing cabbage, energizing kale, spicy daikon radish, super salad mix. You can even get wheatgrass. You can get culinary cilantro or even hot wasabi mustard.
mustard. So there's lots to choose from. They have different flavors. They're so cute and they're health promoting. So you can get a good dose of antioxidants and it's really beautiful. I also use them for garnish when I'm making soups and salads and different bowls. You can impress your guests. But like I said, it's going to be low energy cost on your part. And it's actually not that expensive either. The other thing that I use from Hamama is a green onion growing kit, which is really cool because it can decrease your food waste. So you buy the green onions and then the little part that has the root, the white part at the bottom, you stick it in these little holes and then you just put the water in there and it grows. And then you can keep eating the same green onions. You just go with your little scissors and you chop it off and you put it into your food. So if you want to give it a try, you've been curious about microgreens and different ways that you can grow your own food, check out Hamama. You can find it in my show notes for a link to get 15% off, or you can go to dryami.com forward slash shop so that you can find the link and get 15% off your first order. Happy growing. Do you love Veggie Doctor Radio, but you're sick of listening to ads? Join the Plantscription. The Plantscription is a monthly membership where you have access to ad-free episodes of Veggie Doctor Radio every week. But that's not all. You also have access to a monthly live Q&A with me and a monthly live book club. You also get access to writings and musings and free giveaways. It is such a great deal. Right now, it's only $5 a month to join the Planscription. If you want to join, go to planscription.substack.com or go to the show notes to follow the link. Join the Planscription today and join me in this plantastic community. I want to eat to soothe emotions after a long work day, after stress, fatigue, and then food becomes more of like that warm, fuzzy blanket rather than appropriate fuel so that I can sleep and rest the way I want to. Okay. So that's why it works. In addition, there are studies that show that doing early time-restricted eating has more health benefits than doing late time-restricted eating. Because what happens sometimes is when people practice these fasting methods, they tend to eat a ton and then they go to bed and that may affect circadian rhythm and some of those things. And we do cover this a little bit in a couple of the episodes as well. What I'm currently doing, okay? So four days a week, usually Monday through Thursday, I skip dinner and then I am more flexible on that weekend time just because of social reasons. Um, and it's still something I'm a little conflicted about especially since y'all know that I am a big supporter of intuitive eating, um, especially for our children, to model that for our children. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. If I feel a flare-up of this joint pain or you know, if I end up on the weekend indulging in something and I feel those feelings, I might throw in like a 23, 24-hour fast. And that's something that I um, talked about with Dr. Yu about with his autoimmune patients, something that he recommends too. Like if they're feeling this flare up, then throwing in a, a 24 hour fast and it really does help. I mean, it just like wipes it away for me. So um, that is what I do. And I would like to regularly get back to doing a 24, 48 hour fast two to maybe four times a month, depending on how things are going. Okay. So I will tell you 
the pros and some of the benefits I got from doing some of some experimenting with time restricted eating and fasting. So more energy, better concentration, focus. Um, I also discovered how much emotional or habitual eating I was engaging in. Sometimes that's hard to see until you put up those guardrails and you're just like, wow, I'm usually not that hungry this time of day, but I'm usually eating like two, three servings because it just feels good and feels soothing to me. Not that there's anything wrong with that, okay? So this can all be really tricky. I don't want anybody to feel ashamed or guilty because that's something that you do too. But I found that because I was getting into those behaviors, it was affecting my well-being and causing me to feel a way that I did not want to feel. Of course, it saves time and energy. When I was doing OMAD, I was doing lunch OMAD. So I was just eating a lunch meal. So I didn't have to worry about breakfast. I didn't have to worry about dinner. Um, and so that was great. I slept awesome. It really did help my premenstrual, premenstrual syndrome symptoms and my perimenopause symptoms that I thought were just like, all right, it's just going to be there now. And that's what I should get used to. The other very incredibly powerful thing that I think really was a huge breakthrough for me is that the fasting helped discover some food sensitivities and intolerances. I already knew I had some, but when you're not eating anything and you're feeling good and you have that space in between and then you consume something and it causes you symptoms, it's easy to see the contrast. When you're consuming something that may be giving you symptoms and you're consuming it every day or several times a day, you may not realize it's hard to pinpoint that that thing is causing you symptoms. I was able to discover a couple really interesting food intolerances that I had that I didn't realize I had that was in a lot of the different foods I was eating. And when I eliminated that, I think that's also what's helped my symptoms of fatigue and joint pain and those kinds of things. I think that that was really, really powerful for me because it gives you that contrast when you're not consuming foods, you're not feeling those symptoms. And then when you have that space in between, you have that, then it just becomes very obvious. It's just very, very obvious. Okay, so what are the difficult things about fasting or time-restricted eating? So the first and most common thing, and I think the reason that most people are going to struggle with it or not be able or willing to do it is because it's very socially awkward. Not just even for your family, because you know most of the time we're eating with our family, but everywhere. So it's at work, like if I was doing an extended fast, you know, oh, you're not eating today. And it's just awkward. And you feel kind of that peer pressure, you feel bad. I don't want to seem like weird or strange or extreme, even though I am extreme. Okay, just I'll admit it, I'm extreme. Um, but it's hard. And then of course, like I mentioned before, I worry about how it would affect the kids. So I did speak to my kids about it and told them that I felt like this was something that I had to do. I explained to them the symptoms I was having, why I was doing it. And as I healed and got better, and then I was able to kind of pull back and get to a place where I'm able to share more meals with them. Uh, I think it feels more in balance for me, but I'm I'm really glad that I did it because I was able to see how powerful these things can be to how we feel and the effects on our body. But I admit that it can be tricky and we don't want to influence our kids in that way to show them, oh, you, you shouldn't eat, you know, food is bad for you. And so I think that 
that can be really tricky. And my kids are older. They're able to understand and process these things. And I was able to explain to them that this is not something that they should do. It's not something that would be healthy for them. They're both still growing and developing. And it's not something that they that they should practice that I'm doing this for specific reasons. Almost like take, having to take a medication or do a special diet because you have a food allergy or something like that. But it's tricky. Okay. And so just know that that can be hard. Um, I think also what's difficult is that timing of your eating can be tricky, especially if your eating window is short. Like I was doing one meal a day, which means I had to eat a lot and I don't have problem with volume. It's more time. Like it just takes a long time. And I got to the point where it's taking me like an hour to have lunch and with a busy schedule and meetings and stuff like that, it just wasn't practical anymore. And I just felt like rushed and it didn't feel good. So that can be um, difficult. I know a lot of people that do OMAD or do a short eating window, they do it more towards the end of the day. So they're at home and they have more time and that might make sense. But like I said, it's, I did not want to do one meal in the evening because I knew it was going to be too much food right before bed and I was not going to feel good. Also, I think a con is not most people or not everybody can tolerate volume. So if you're already somebody that's struggling to get enough calories and nutrients, this is probably not going to be a good method for you. And really, regardless, everybody first should focus on their food quality and what they're eating before they were would implement any of these tools and methods. So if you're already somebody that gets full after a certain amount, it's not going to work for you. It's going to be too restrictive and it could have effects on you that aren't good. Another huge con, which I've experienced before, is that it can trigger disordered eating and eating disorders. It can also lead to a restrict binge mentality. So if that's something that you've struggled with or are currently struggling with, this is not going to be something that you should practice or try. Like I said, it's a slippery slope. It's very easy to slip into some of those mindsets, um, especially if you are focused on body size change. Again, it can be abused as a form of weight control. A lot of people are using it as a form of weight control. And I really don't think that that's the right approach because not only, like I said, can it lead to that disordered eating, but it takes away from the powerful effects that it can have on our health and how this can be used as a tool for our health and our well-being. Nobody, like hardly anybody talks about that. They're just talking about weight control and calorie restriction. It can be taken to an extreme for a lot of reasons. Um, one, if you're using it for weight control, but also because because in some ways it does start to feel good when you start to experience some of those levels of ketosis, it starts to feel good and you feel like you could go forever. So for people that are extreme and can be an all or nothing type of person like me, you, you can't take it to an extreme. So you have to be really careful and you should be supervised medically for these kinds of things. Um, the other thing that I think as a female is just that you have to be very mindful and pay attention to when you fast because fasting at certain times of the month can be harder and feel tougher. Like you just have more hunger. Like for me, I have more hunger right before and the first few days of my period. And then my hunger kind of stalls off a little bit after my period is over is ending. And so I talk about that with Dr. Mindy Pels at um, towards the end of the series and why that might be. And if you're a woman, those things to kind of think about when you're implementing fasting. My biggest take home point when it comes to these 
techniques or these different methods is to use it as a tool for health and well-being. Use it as a tool for health and well-being. And if you're not already eating a whole food plant-based diet that's full of vegetables, that you know, you're low in those inflammatory foods, you want to start there first, regardless. So don't go into fasting if you're eating a bunch of processed foods, you're eating the standard American diet, um, because you may not even need that. Like this is more of that extra tool. I think of think of it as like, okay, this is a prescription that you're going to do in addition to optimizing some of the habits and behaviors you already have. So lifestyle medicine, eat your plant-centered diet, lots of whole foods, reduce your processed foods, make sure that you're making enough time for sleep, make sure that you're moving your body at least 30 minutes a day, that you're managing stress. It's important to manage stress. And I feel like a hypocrite right now because I'm talking to you about all the things that I did wrong and telling you to do it different, okay? So manage your stress, connect positive connections with others. And then the other thing is those substances. So I am not a substance person. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't take caffeine. I don't do any of those things. So that's never been an issue for me. My substance of choice is just overindulging in food and especially getting into those foods that have higher fat, higher sugar. So so if you're drinking alcohol every day, if you're you know, consuming a lot of caffeine and that's affecting your sleep, that's affecting your anxiety, your stress level, those are other things that you need to look at first before you would implement these techniques as another tool to help your body heal from some of these different conditions. The other takeaway point is that, you know, I talk about intuitive eating a lot and I think that it's a very valuable practice. I think that is something that we need to be very passionate about protecting in our children and helping them maintain those intuitive um, ways to eat, to be able to tune into their hunger, to stop when they're satisfied, to not teach them emotional eating. You know, I've been emotionally eating since I was like eight or nine years old when I started dieting and I was a latchkey kid and I would go home by myself and lived out in the country and there was no other friends or anything else by myself and food became my friend. So I've learned the habits and reinforced those habits of emotional eating for so many years. But I think it's possible to raise kids that are less likely to have those habits. And so they're more protected from some of this. But what this has taught me is that yeah, there's disadvantages to overeating. And it's not to blame anybody or shame anybody that we do overeat because a lot of us do overeat because there's lots of food around. And it's just easy to, you know, confuse hunger or to have different types of hunger and to eat or to be like, I can't tune into my body as well. And I'm just going to plow through. There are advantages to working on our overeating habits and trying to reduce them for health reasons. This is why, again, it's so important not to just focus on this body size thing, because obviously we can adopt some of these same habits when we're focused on body size, but when we're focused on body size, it's such a short-term thing that's not connected to how we're truly feeling, feeling good. Like the size of our body is not necessarily connected to how we feel. 
how we feel is other things. So we could have different sizes of body and feel the exact same way, feel really good and feel strong and feel happy and content and not have pain in our body and be able to sleep well and not have stiffness. So it's more about tuning into our bodies and our well-being and our health and realizing that overeating can have consequences that affect that well-being. And so we may want to think about that more than just how does overeating contribute to our body size, right? So I know this may be difficult to understand if you've never thought about it that way, but it is two different things. And I think it's important, especially for somebody like me who I can overeat a lot and my body size actually stays pretty stable. I have very tight window of what size my body likes to be. So for so many years, I've been in and out of some of these overeating habits, but it might not necessarily affect my body size that much, but it did start to affect my health. Okay. So that's why it's important to separate this body size from our health and well-being and to focus on ways that we can increase our health and well-being with these habits and behaviors and with tools if we need them in addition. But like I said, first of all, it's going to be lifestyle medicine and intuitive eating. And if you're feeling great, everything's going good. You don't need to do anything else. That is my experience. That is why I became very passionate about time-restricted eating and intermittent fasting and something that I want more people to know about as a tool that you can access. So that being said, let me tell you who I'm going to be welcoming onto the podcast to talk about these topics. We are going to have 10 experts and guests to talk about fasting in various forms. So the first one is Steve Hendricks, who's going to talk about the history of fasting. Then we're going to have Marty Kendall to talk about his program and how he uses glucose levels to determine when to eat and some of the insights he's learned about fasting. Dr. Alan Goldhammer, who is the founder of the True North Health Center, and he does he does medically supervised fasting there. Dr. Joel Furman, who is a repeat guest. Dr. Mark Matson, who is a researcher. Uh, Dr. Verity, who is also a researcher, and they're both going to be talking about some of their research on fasting. Dr. Matson will be talking about um, intermittent fasting, and Dr. Verity will be talking about um, alternate day fasting and modified alternate day fasting. Dr. Mindy Pels will be talking about fasting specifically for women. Dr. Micah Yu is going to be talking about applying fasting to autoimmune conditions. Dr. Kristen Giallo is going to be talking about fasting for mental health. And then Allison Tierney, who is a dietitian, she is going to be the last guest. And she's going to talk about her experience using fasting in her protocol for chemotherapy for her cancer diagnosis. Lots of great information. Like I said, this is not appropriate for everybody. So please be cautious, not for children, not for pregnant women not for everybody, um, but there's different things that we can learn. And I hope that you enjoy it. And please, I would love some more feedback on this. So if you like this series, if you want to learn more about this or specific topics, just reach out to me. You can email me yami at dryami.com and you can find me on social media at the Dr. Yami. I hope that this was helpful. I wanted to give a little introduction about why I'm doing this series and how it's relevant to my life and my journey and my evolution. 
And I'm just happy that I'm feeling really good and I have a tool that I can use to manage some of these symptoms, which at this point are unknown. I'm not sure why I had these symptoms. I did get tested and I tested um, myself for celiac just to make sure through the blood test that was negative. But, you know, there's all kinds of conditions that can cause this, but I'm just glad that I have found something that's able to manage that so that I can feel better and I can continue on in my career. Oh, and just to tell you currently, so I'm recording this May 24th of 2023. My provider is here. She's doing amazing. So those of you that come to the office and have met her, Carly Domes, she's doing great. We've moved to a new office. It's four times the size. We now have a teaching studio and doing yoga seven days a week there with wonderful instructors. So a year ago, I was super stressed out, uncertain of how things would go and how, you know, how things would play out. And here we are, things are going great. And now I have to just continue to work to make sure that things go well and that this is a sustainable practice, which is the whole other journey of a business owner, entrepreneur is, okay, let's just make sure we can sustain this and keep this working and keep everybody employed and keep everybody happy. So the stress never really goes away, but I'm having a fabulous time and I'm glad that I can have the energy and feel good to continue this work, to serve others and to just have fun in this life. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you love the fasting series. If you're new here, welcome. Hope you enjoy. And for my longtime listeners, um, thank you so much for being here. And I hope that you have a very fantastic day. Hey, veggie lover, I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.